This is the Andres Segovia Show. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Andres Segovia Show. I am your host, Andres Segovia. Today, I'm joined by what uh, I would probably dub as the jack of all trades in uh, some, some tech space, uh, Justin. Justin, welcome to the Andres Segovia Show. By all means, let the audience know who you are and what do you do. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm Justin Derby. I am the founder of Truth the Objective Reality, which also goes by the acronym TTOR, which you can see right there on screen. I started TTOR actually as a blog in 2013 that was strictly about covering Christian apologetics topics. But over time, I graduated into doing videos covering the same said topics. And then over time, I got into all tech sites. I started covering current events and tech censorship news, and sometimes I was able to combine Christian apologetics and current events analysis into one video because and many times in the real world, the two overlap. Oh. And so over time, I've built up an audience across various uh, alt-tech websites. So I have a channel on Joshu TV. I have a channel on YouTube, on BitChute, on Rumble. I'm on YouTube now after I was off for like four years. And I also have my own video sharing site called Quarter that we will be talking about later on in more detail. Yeah. So I, I'm all over the place as far as videos. But if all goes wrong and everyone else decides to adopt YouTube censorship policies, I'll have my own site to post my content on. So I'll never, they'll never get rid of me in the words of yeah. the Highlander. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that because that's, that's how you and I came across each other. Um, we're over on Gab and I saw, I think corridor official uh, pop up and I have to give a shout out. I think his handle um, he's like there, then he's gone every now and then like, he, he either gets banned and unbanned. I don't know how that works. It's across different social medias. It, it uh, GK Media. So if you're watching, thank you. He's the one that posted about Corridor uh, TV. And that's how I, I looked into it just because like, I'm always open to putting my show across other platforms as well, or wherever I can make it possible, uh, available. And uh, the least work from my end, the better. And I use a streamer to, to talk to my, uh, my guests. But when I generate my content, that's normally something I do locally. So when I upload um, I normally had uploaded to YouTube. So YouTube, I then have it uh, being sent over to Rumble. It sends over to mm. uh, to BitChute and Odyssey. And Odyssey has my entire library backed up. So that's good. So I had to manually upload to Umaker, which is something that I joined last year. I was one of the uh, mm. early ones to get picked. That was pretty awesome uh, to, to publish there. And uh, Gap TV, when uh, I decided to go that route and I went pro there uh, last year, like you know what i'll try this out and i had actually the, the biggest um uh growth that i've experienced over uh, on gap tv so when i saw this corridor tv thing so like you know what i didn't mind like you know I'll, I'll check it out and i was first off it's mind-boggling that it's that feature rich because you recently launched this didn't you yeah it was like about uh oh gosh when did i launch this well, we're in December now. I think I launched this like five, six months ago. Wow. Uh, it, it, yeah, because it doesn't have a mirroring service per se, but what it does have is the ability to uh, bring over content from your other channels because I have uh, used uh, the import link like, to bring like certain YouTube videos over, but I also tried it for, um, for Rumble, and I think I tried it for Odyssey too, and, and it works. So it's not just limited 
uh, to YouTube, which I think it's actually pretty cool because there's, there's Vimeo, Daily Motion. I don't know if people can try that, but uh, it's there. Can can people uh, use that too? Or as far as the video importer, yeah, anyone yeah. can import videos as long as you have the link and it's on one of the sites that is uh, on the list of sites that it allows you to import videos from. Which I think in the actual video uploader page itself, there's actually a hyperlink you can click on that actually mm. tells you what the list is of all the different sites. It takes a okay. while to scroll through the list. It's just pretty long. But awesome. yeah, like you could grab a video off of Fox News and import it to your channel if you really wanted to, or a Twitter oh. video or, you know, whatever. I'm just uh, oh. quickly bringing up the upload page so I can make sure that I know of which I speak. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's only one of the several projects you got going on, right? Yeah, there's import video. Oh, yeah. So there is a hyperlink. And uh, actually, let me screen share that if you will. Allow. Yeah, if it asks me, I'll let you. All right, because I'm just going to screen share the list itself. Okay. <clears throat> Boom. Okay, got it. And can yeah. you see my thing? Yeah, add in the screen. So, yeah, yeah you see here on the import page, it says you can share videos from YouTube and a few more sites. The more mm -hmm. sites is a hyperlink, and it brings you up this. This gives you the mm -hmm. list of all the sites that you can import videos from to your quarter channel. As you can see, uh, it goes uh, <laughs> it goes quite a way. Uh, yep. And I'm going to look at the R's. Oh, well, PBS, apparently. All the PBS's, <laughs> apparently. And the Peer Tubes. And then I'm sure Rumble. You get Red Bull TV, Reddit, Reddit R. Where's the RU's? And then there's Art. I've never even heard of some of this stuff. But wow. I think Rumble is in here somewhere. I did... I did pull from Rumble because I'm a Rumble channel there, and I had an episode Rumble, yeah. that, that was up there. So, okay. I Rumble Embed is uh, one that's listed there. Yeah, it had to be that uh, the specific link because when you use Rumble, there's three different links, and right. it has to be like the second one. Because um, yeah. I don't know why they have three different links. I I do wish that the Rumble uh, UI can be updated for a better user experience, but uh, so far they haven't. Um, they, they pay more attention to the mobile app for iOS than they do for Android. Android doesn't even have back uh, like a uh, background play. So you have to keep mm. it at the forefront the whole time. And Trovo's on that list and True TV's on that list. Of course, you have the different Twitches that you can import. Twitter. Oh, holy smokes. Um, USA Today and USA Networks. As you can see, uh, it's a long list. Wow, I guess I guess in theory you can import playlists from YouTube, but I've never actually tried that. Then I'll have to try it myself, see what happens. Because if it does, I know it puts it in the queue. Yeah. So we'll see yeah, that. that's the way it uh that's the way it works on quarter <laughs> with this particular script we're using, is that uh you upload a video and then it goes to a sharing queue, and then once it reaches hundred percent when its turn is up on the sharing queue, then it uploads to your channel of everything goes smoothly uh but, but what, with all these other video platforms available though what inspired you to make your own well the reason why quarter exists is because not just youtube censorship but because a lot of the early alt tech video sites like uh bitshoot uh and other alt tech sites like gab and whatnot they decided in late 2020 early 2021 to go the route of censorship 
implementing hate speech policies or banning people who did nothing wrong or uh, implementing stuff that's even more draconian than what big tech does. Like on BitChute, there's actually a policy to this day that says that they can uh, censor you even if your videos don't violate any of their community guidelines. And it's it's whoever decides that they don't like you that they'll take it mm, down pretty much it? or whatever the uk says because BitChute in particular is based in the uk and they basically are at the mm. beck and call of whatever uh of com or mm. other uk groups that pressure them to censor people pressure them into so like for for a year and a half they were uh censoring all the results for videos about hitler nazism and whatever uh they like hid the results for those terms so it looked like there was no such videos with those words in the title even though there's mm -hmm. literally thousands upon thousands of videos with those words in the title they did that for a year and a half because some jewish group named community security trust pressured Evcom into pressuring bitshoot to do that and so they complied mm -hmm. they recently stopped doing that uh but only after that they lost over half of the fan donations they once had a year and a half ago yeah, well, um, what you just said there is heavy loaded. So there's two things there. One with respect to the the battles of hate speech, and then uh, bringing up um, certain elements of historical Germany in the 1930s and 1940s that uh, I I think we'll eventually discuss in a different matter a little later on. But that's more along the lines of of what's considered freedom of speech, which is something that's protected here in the United States. That is not the same thing outside the country, <laughs> but yeah. but also with the uh, Products like Big Shoot uh, being, as you said, uh, run via fan donations because uh, there was a meter. I remember when I first signed up, there was a meter that set up there's like, oh, we're 100% funded by you or in part funded mm -hmm. by you. I never saw that meter move in months. And they usually say like it's monthly, but it was stuck at a certain percentage. Yeah. Prior to me yeah. exposing BitChute censorship with Seeking the Truth in early 2021, Every time they made a uh, effort to fundraise to do stuff they said they were going to do, they would always meet their goal at some point. Like there was always, you know, the percentage was getting higher as far as the percentage of their goal that they were meeting for their monthly donations. And at one point, they were bringing in almost uh, $55,000 a month in fan donations oh, wow. around, I think, late February of 2021. But then I discovered all the censorship they were doing. I started doing videos about it along with Seeking the Truth, although I did more videos about it than he did just because I was invested into that. And I mm -hmm. used to donate money to BitChute, so <laughs> you can imagine my disgust oh, with bet. them censoring stuff. And then I discovered over time that they were a bunch of lying grifters because they promised for years that if they got the fan donations that they got at that point, that they would be able to roll out HD video uploads and live streaming and, you know, public playlists and all this stuff. And they said, it's just all so complicated and we need so much money. Well, then I started making friends with Josh and his Joshu TV website, which uses the same script that quarter uses. And I realized, huh, you can get hmm. all this stuff out of the box on this site script and yeah uh josh himself i think is spending about 500 600 a month to run his entire joshu tv site and for quarter i'm using about a little under 100 bucks a month on average to pay for uh, hosting the site on a server and uh I think I have an encoder server that I'm paying for every month that I haven't used yet because we're having issues with it. 
Mm. But uh, yeah, it doesn't actually cost much to roll out a fully developed feature rich video sharing site that's based on an open source script. And so that's kind of when I figured out that BitChute was lying to people about how much it costs to actually run their site. And when mm. Josh made a video about it and shared it on BitChute, they actually censored him for it. They not only <laughs> shadow banned the video, but they eventually banned the video entirely for several months until I started exposing them for it. And then they magically restored the video, even though they claimed that Josh was the one who had deleted it. Huh. Fascinating. And yet, and yet somehow they had this video just sitting in storage for months, waiting <laughs> for the right opportunity to restore it when they got crap for it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, shady, crazy stuff. And yeah, so not only did BitChute engage in all that censorship stuff, but their website as a product is just crap. And my website, Quarter, proves it, as well as Joshua TV and several others. I'd say pretty much every other video sharing site on the internet as a product, alt tech world and otherwise, is better than BitChute at this point. Because just about every video sharing site script comes with HD uploads and live streaming and the case of uh, the A video script I use free restreaming and public playlists and easy to use comment moderation systems. And in mm -hmm. the script I use, you don't need anything Google to run anything, which is something people have falsely claimed against the script I use. There's no hmm. Google stuff involved. Uh, but yeah, it's not as expensive to create and run a fully developed video sharing site as people want you to believe it is and that's really where a lot of these grifter sites come in is that they want you to believe that it costs tens of thousands maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars a month or in a year to run a fully developed social media site when the truth is it doesn't cost anywhere near that amount and the money that they're bringing in is either spent on things that have nothing to do with running the site, like, you know, hiring staff, lawyers, et cetera, or mm -hmm. in the worst case scenario, they're pocketing that extra cash for themselves and enriching yeah. themselves. Which is most likely the case, uh, especially when there's a... In the case of Ray, yeah, in the case of Ray Vahey, I'm thinking it's more of the latter than the former. I know yeah. that they have an office where they have multiple workstations and multiple staff working there, but not enough to need that much money. Yeah, I've been on BitChute for over a year, and I haven't seen any new features stand out to me. Like, I, I, any new additions in a, in a year? They well, made even... some UI changes in 2019, and then last year they finally added a couple of smaller details in their comment system and whatnot. But mm. by and large, the site UI does look the same as when I joined it in 2017. Wow. Yeah, because I, oh, I think we touched on that on the pre-interview that. There's some features that that Cordor has that uh, services like Restream or or Streamyard and others they charge a buttload of money to do, and that is to be able to stream to or broadcast the streams to multiple different channels. Um, right. There's some packages that offer just the one stream or up to three streams, up to ten streams, uh, or you have many... to pay money to have unlimited streaming options. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and you, that's all baked into to Corridor, which is mm -hmm. crazy because I actually been flexing it um, this past uh, these past couple of weeks where uh, I do use Streamyard to broadcast it to uh, to tw I think it's LinkedIn just because LinkedIn doesn't have a, a custom RT uh, RMTP mm -hmm. um, and now this Twitter, so I, I stream it to both of those. So that means I manually upload it to YouTube because I pre-fill mm -hmm. everything in there. But using uh, StreamYard, I also 
a stream it to Corridor, and then from Corridor, it's streaming to everywhere else. So it's going to Twitch, DLive, um, mm -hmm. I forget which other place, Telegram. Um, not to Amazon Live, even though I could if I wanted to. But the point right. is that I have 10, uh, not all of them are active, but I have 10 different places that can broadcast to different channels there on Corridor 2 that I can do do so. And I, I've tested them, and they go through, oh, floaty floaty.app, whatever it is called now. Oh, Floater. Yeah, whatever they're calling themselves now. I you know just I try to have a presence wherever wherever I can that I feel it's probably worthwhile. I can't engage everywhere, but the point is that I, I am present as many places as I can, uh, just because I like to make myself as uncancelable. I just haven't gone to the extreme where I build my own uh, platforms uh, as you have, because you also have developed like your own um, Twitter or Facebook alternatives and things mm -hmm. like that uh, tell us tell us a little more about those creation social is actually the first uh social media site i started uh, i launched it on december 26 2020 and the reason why i launched creation social was because i was starting to become aware of the censorship that gab was engaging in uh mm -hmm. most notably in september of 2020 they banned brett keen from their site after he questioned why a an article written by an atheist about gangbangs was trending on gab when no one on gab was interested in that <laughs> and so he got banned from gab right after that and brett is someone i've done multiple collabs with i've talked with over the internet via email etc like i know this guy and it's like wow and i know he doesn't do anything that even comes remotely close to violating the terms of service of gab and so when that happened i thought wow i can't trust gab long term as a social media site which up until that point i had been and mm. i had been one of torba's biggest supporters and defending him from the hit pieces that came out on him all over those years but then after i saw that happen i was like wow i can't trust him so mm. that's when i made up my mind to start working on making creation social which took time to figure out, okay, what script do I want to use and which, how am I going to host this? And, uh, you know, who can I get to help me with setting it up and doing maintenance on it uh, and all that stuff. And yeah, I was able to launch it on the day after Christmas in 2020, which ironically enough, I think is the same day that Gab TV was launched. That was the <laughs> one that got more press, but yeah, I launched the same day with creation social Oh, uh, there's a few, there's several hundred registered users, but the amount of actives is really small and I need to overhaul the site here soon. It's just, I got so much stuff going on between of course. family and friends with the holidays and being a content creator and working on quarter stuff. And you know, that my tech guy for uh, creation social is, uh, also a busy dude, uh, who helps a lot of people with website stuff. And so, Mm -hmm. Yeah, at some point here in the near future, I need to sit down with him and make the overhaul to Creation Social because there's a bunch of new features for it that I could have that I currently don't. So mm. that'll be a future okay. thing. Okay. Yeah, because uh, you had you had mentioned because um, you wrapped your your book that just launched that also wanted to ask you about that after you were launching the book that you were going to uh, focus your strengths on Creation Social uh, is. That is, that is so, still the plan, but yeah, it's taking a lot longer to get to that second part. <laughs> uh, well, it, yeah, it, it happens. Uh, and yeah. I'm currently, uh, I still can. I just don't want to rush it, launch my, or publish my third book in a romantic comedy series in time for Christmas. 
I'm just down to the last chapter. I just got a few more pages to write and finish editing. I've really edited the rest of my manuscript. So I just need to get that ironed out and finally out the door. But that sat on the back burner for a little bit. Uh, some personal reasons involving having to write the story. Um, those that know the history will know what that is. I'll tell you off the air just because I don't want to repeat it again here. But outside of that is that uh, I, I ended up rebranding and relaunching what is down on as the Andres Segovia show because I did launch this back in 2003. It was an email newsletter because some people mm. uh, don't know that back then, if, even if you had a computer, it doesn't mean you could afford uh, internet dial-up. And that was right. something that uh, I didn't have. Uh, I had a, a little keyboard with an LCD display called Mail Station, and it was just for mailing, uh, emailing, and it would uh, piggy bank on the landline to be able to send those emails from way back then. So I started this as a, as a newsletter with engagement with readers. So I, I treat it as like a talk radio thing, which mm. that red book behind me is all about because it consolidates every uh, email piece that I, I ever done together into um, a radio transcript the way it was meant to be because when the blogging became a thing so i started uh, getting involved in that and simultaneously i had a, another blog called the, the critic corner where um i was a, a movie reviewer so i did uh, i was involved with some of the marketing for the dark knight which is a big deal for me as someone that uh, loves batman well, my favorite uh, movies <laughs> yeah i was one of the first in the world to review that film if not the first person to review it in the world uh, at the time uh, warner brothers didn't ask for an nda so i they didn't say i couldn't review it uh, they invited me to universal city walk to be able to to watch it on the imax um they told me i could bring one guest uh but someone else gave me an, another invitation so you can bring up to three and so i brought a small entourage and they told me told my friends that they couldn't get in because there's only one like actually from warner brothers i can bring them in it's like snap yeah you can come in so yeah it was <laughs> it was the highlight of my time doing the critic corner so this is a collection of my movie reviews and articles that i've ever done i did right. batman v superman before it was cool and this was a long time ago and i ripped apart the the film Watchmen that actually has held up a lot better, but because they changed the ending compared to the the novel, um, mm. that's why I still have my issues with. It. Other than that, it's a phenomenal film, but you have to watch a director's cut, which is something that's better serviced for um, Zack Snyder when it comes to his works. But anyway, not to get off on that tangent, but I did that simultaneously when I was covering politics and economics because mm. I couldn't just stay in the insanity of the. Uh, in the arena of political ideas, I, I needed to do something that was entertaining. And nowadays, everything's kind of overlaps. So I was like, ah. mm -hmm. so I ended up retiring from from movie reviews, even though I never stopped actually doing it. I just right. stopped publishing. But uh, when Twitter came along, Twitter became the place that microblogging was considerably mm. easier to do. And uh, I ended up morphing my show, which I had less and less time for as I was. Uh, um, finishing my time in university and eventually settling right. down and getting married um micro blogging became a thing so twitter came along the way and helped me a great deal so um, the under segova show became the newsreel so it was literally just that i was just posting news articles because that's all i could do at that point and every now and then just sit down to be able to do the opinion editorial um when this whole talk about tech um my battles with tech came when i was i was seeing the I guess you could say it's almost a duopoly between Apple and Google that was transpiring. And mm -hmm. meanwhile, uh, Research in Motion, better known as BlackBerry, was cratering. And then Symbian was too. Nokia, 
Microsoft just sucks at mobile. So it's like, I, I, I'm like, no, I, I am a BlackBerry apologetic. I'm an evangelist for BlackBerry. And I was tired of the big, uh, of the big content creators covering tech, basically sidelining BlackBerry. He's like, dude, you guys don't get what this thing is for. So I, I, I still carry two phones. I've been carrying two phones for at least a decade. So <laughs> I had to jump in and start talking about these things. And that's how my channel exploded. It was called the Tech Corner. So mm -hmm. just three and a half years ago, a little more than that now, um, I ended up morphing it to the Andres Segovia show where I was able to bring my what I do for a living over to what I my passion is for, and that's mm -hmm. tech and everything together to teach people how to work smarter, not harder. So I have a practical experience with a lot of things, um, being able to take phones apart, put them back together, trans, like transplanting operating systems, especially on Android, and, and seeing just the trajectory of where tech was going. So a lot of the stuff that happened was not a surprise. And where things are and where they're going, uh, in some cases, people are just like catching up. I, mm. I On my show, three, two and a half years ago, was it two and a half years ago? No, three and a half. I warned about the social credit system coming to the United States. I mm. warned about the overreach that big tech was going to have. Whereas people were like, oh, does it have the apps? I want the apps on it. The apps, what apps do you even use? But that became the thing for why people either went to an iPhone or what they thought was Android, a Samsung. Because they thought Samsung equals Android, which in a way it does, but Android doesn't equal Samsung. There's ties mm. in there. Well, with all that being said, um, I, I just felt that there was this, uh, this enormous push into getting to these applications. And then people simultaneously complaining about government spying on them. Uh, there's the lack of privacy. It's like, but you're out there geotagging your position, telling people who you're with, what you're doing, and when you're doing it. It's like, they don't need to. Big tech just gives them the information. So with all that tracking stuff is how I ended up uh, limiting where I wanted to be present and how I conducted myself on it. And so I did this because of my business side, sure. But as I try to get my voice out there, how come people weren't seeing my videos? Why did my videos disappear? Uh, I, I have a personal account that's subscribed to my own <laughs> channel. And sometimes I can't find my own episodes. Like what <laughs> happened? Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up, you know, it's like, you know what, I got to go explore other places. And I, I first landed on Rumble before Rumble became you know, something that was in the media. But I, I did end up checking him out after the January 6th fiasco that I did cover. Um, if you see my Rumble analytics, censored completely. I had zero traction thereafter until I started taking on the Freedom Fund. So that's when I had uptick again, but that's when I knew I can't even rely on Rumble. I think at the time Rumble was a Canadian company, but they moved their headquarters when they bought locals. They moved to Florida. I was like, okay, so you're going to operate under the rules of the Constitution of the United States or the free and loving people of, Can of Canada that would. Well, there, uh, Rumble is under the control of Donald Trump's media company. He technically owns it. I yeah I heard about that like the, the it, it's not the that's why they social. moved to it's the like, U.S. too it's like TTM something I always thought it was like the teenage mention the your turtles acronym but uh, right. yeah I think that's what you're saying <laughs> yeah that's what you're saying but um, I don't recall it being entirely under him I know that that Rumble well, it, it's the company that owns it but he owns the company so technically in a way he owns Rumble now okay all right because uh, I know that that's why that, he joined Rumble. Uh, a while mm. ago yeah because he joined rumble and then rumble became the infrastructure for truth social 
Uh, and then True Social is the first one to advertise or vice versa. I forget who does. Yeah, True Social is under that company, too. So, yeah. Yeah. OK, well, then that would make uh, sense. So that means locals where I'm supposedly free from a lot of these, things, which I don't I never believe, by the way. Um, but at least it's behind a paywall. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's uh, it's supposed to be, I guess, ex facto belonging to the to Donald Trump. Yeah, the only thing that's funny about Rumble is it's actually been around since like 2013 or 2012, but no one ever used it until the GOP establishment started using and promoting it in like later 2020, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when everyone just started flocking to it. And from the time I've seen Rumble, uh, it seems like the only way you're going to get views and subs is if you're part of the GOP conservative establishment or yeah. if you're a super popular creator who's popular on other sites and therefore you keep promoting your rumble channel and you can build up a following just through that. But if you try to build one up from scratch, like me, you don't get views on your videos. You hardly get any subs. You're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. I ended up uh, maxing out at 75 uh, subs on my channel. And I say channel because it's confusing because there's a user and there's a channel. And mm-hmm. you can have your videos appear on your user, but not appear on your channel. So I ended up creating two. Like, okay, so I did my my user, and then there's the channel for the user. But I have people subscribing to one, not the other, because they want to see the videos. So it's like, hold on, wait, what's going on here? And depending on where you're subbing, that's how you get notified. Because back then, before mm-hmm. the notification thing came on, they would email. And they had to subscribe to the emails, whether it was daily, weekly, or monthly, or whatever it was. So I had an impressive uh, first showing on Rumble when I was there for like the first two months, November 2020 through January 2021. Mm-hmm. Thereafter was like, first off, I knew they were shadow banning some of my content because you can't talk about January 6th if it contradicts the narrative. I'm like, hey, I'm right. just showing you the receipts here, man. I'm just telling you I covered this thing as it happened. But mm-hmm. besides that, um, I ended up creating the channel again. And now I'm like, oh, look. The channel now has 20 subscribers, but it's like, dude, I, I, you're right. Rumble is not a place for small time creators. That's what frustrates me about Rumble. And I reached out to them on every single social media platform as someone that's been on it for over a year. I'm like, dude, when are you guys going to give some love to the small time creators? And they haven't. And they've ignored every request on Twitter, on, on truth social. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they were on Gap for a time, and then they left. Uh, Umaker was there, but now nobody runs it. Uh, Parler, it's like they uh, they abandoned their their account, even though it's sometimes posted every now and then. It's like so they they don't respond to anything like that, and that really um, disappointed me. But that's why, like I said, I, I ended up I kept exploring other places. So I am across, I think, about a uh, I would say half a dozen to eight platforms i don't have it open on me so i'm not going to open it right now but um so that many including a quarter tv because of that reason yeah very important to diversify your content where it shows up because as as the uh because king solomon said in the book of ecclesiastes and this is me paraphrasing it you should invest in many ventures because you don't know which ones are going to work out and which ones aren't that's a Diversify your portfolio. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And you quoted from uh, my favorite uh, a book of poetry there. So it's, uh, I want to get to that. But speaking of, of books, because you published your, um, this is your first book that you published in amid all this chaos. Uh, my book I just published is actually my third book. Uh, oh, okay. It's my first, it's my first science fiction novel though. Okay. 
Yeah, my first two books were Christian apologetics books. First one was Another Inconvenient Truth, What Secular America Hates. And then the second one was Another Inconvenient Truth 2, Defending Young Earth Creationism. But then I mm. decided, you know what? I want to do a sci-fi novel, an original mm. superhero novel. I was inspired by the uh, M. Night Shyamalan films, Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. I was also mm. inspired by the Dark Knight trilogy. And I was also heavily inspired by the story of Samson that's found in the Book of Judges, as well as the movie of it that came out in 2018 that I started seeing more recently when I mm. learned about its existence. And yeah, I was looking around at all the dystopian things going on during the height of the whole COVID authoritarianism in 2021. And basically, I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a sci-fi story that is going to be super engaging, super gripping, super violent. But mm -hmm. it's going to be very uh, it's going to be very powerful in addressing the crazy stuff we're seeing in our world today. And so that's really what uh, the story of Hanover is. Hanover is well, I'm going to bring it up on screen because I have a page for it on my website. Hanover is an original superhero novel which I got published through Worldware Press, which is run by the same guy that helped me make Creation Social. Mm. It is an original superhero novel that puts a, a modern-day version of Samson in our modern-day world with the coronavirus authoritarianism that there mm. is. So basically, in a nutshell, well, actually, I'll just read the summary of the book here because this sums it up pretty well without spoiling much. The year is 2025. New COVID-19 variants kept magically appearing. The vaccine and mask mandates never went away. Vaccine passports are now a reality. When the governor of Oregon issues an executive order mandating the use of the VaxPass 9000 in order to buy and sell, the residents of a small Oregon town of Hanover publicly resist the governor's executive order. In retaliation for their dissent, the governor of Oregon unleashes the UN Coronavirus Task Force on the town, resulting in the murder of the residents of Hanover. One man, however, has survived the purge of Hanover. Given the strength of Samson and protected by the Lord, John Barton is appointed by Jesus to judge those responsible for the murder of his town and is sent out on a journey that will cross paths with the UN Coronavirus Task Force, Antifa, the world's greatest assassin, and the evil supernatural forces behind it all. For John to succeed, he must become Hanover. Mm. So Hanover is both the name of the town that he's from and it's also his superhero name. He's essentially the embodiment of his town. I see. While simultaneously being appointed by God to judge those responsible for that. That's fascinating because uh, it actually lends a... That lends us a great segue. I'll let you finish your thought, though. Uh, but it lends us a great I was going to say, uh, the story of Samson, if you've ever read it, in chapter 14 of the account of Samson, it actually explains why the things that happened to Samson happened as far as the oppression that his people went through during his life and uh, why all the stuff that happened after the part that I'm referring to happens, mainly with him trying to marry a Philistine woman and then... Uh, basically being swindled out of marrying her. And then when he got back at the Philistines, they responded by uh, murdering his wife and her dad, which eventually mm. led to him killing a thousand Philistine soldiers with his bare hands and a donkey's jawbone after the Holy Spirit came upon him. 
and also what led up to his uh, death where he killed thousands of Philistines all at once, including most of the leadership they had at the time. The reason why all that stuff happened, though, why God allowed all the bad things to happen to him and why he empowered Samson by literally pouring the Holy Spirit onto him so he could perform superhuman feats of strength and stamina. According to Judges 14, really early on in the chapter, the reason why all of that happened was because God's purpose for Samson's life was to use him to judge the Philistines, who for a long time before Samson came around and a long time after Samson came around, the Philistine Empire was basically oppressing the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. They were basically enslaved by this empire. And it went on for hundreds of years, spanning both before and after Samson's life, before that finally ended and the Israel Empire under King David happened. Mm. But yeah, Samson was was literally brought up by God as an instrument of judgment against evil people. And so with the story of Hanover, if you're familiar with what happened to Samson and why God did the things he did with Samson, it's the same story just set in our modern, crazy coronavirus, woke lefty globalist run world. Yeah. Well, that's why it's uh, like J.K. Uh, J. Rowling once said, not, not a fan of her work, but uh, she said, if you're familiar with the story of Christ then you know how Harry Potter's going to end. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I get it. You got a Messiah figure. Got it. All right. Okay. Well, Hanover. Yeah, Hanover in particular, though, is not a Messiah figure. No, he's, he's an just, instrument. Instrument yeah, of the he's Lord. Just, he's, he's just an ordinary man other than when the Holy Spirit is poured on him. Yeah. Which yeah. which happens quite a bit in the book. You'll see. If you ever read it. <laughs> yeah, well, I am interested. I, I do want to check it out. I, I really think that independent content creation is where creativity still lives. So I, I actually had someone from a, a different a podcast that we uh, that we brought on. We were talking about that. Is creativity dead? And the discussion was, is wokeism what killed it? And he makes a great point that it wasn't. And it made me reevaluate my points that I was coming in. That you're right. Uh, creativity was already dead because remakes and just leeching mm -hmm. off some some comic books and just write off those the success of that and poor adaptations those existed long before wokeism came along you could say that woke woke products are creative they just suck so <laughs> all these things exactly. were like like no that does that's not interesting so we can't blame wokeism for the death of creativity uh, we can blame the laziness for the death of creativity i gotta give a shout out to eric july for taking it upon himself to take on the, the, the comic book world and releasing his own comic book, uh, uh, not just launching his own comic, which is like over 90 pages. That's insane. Mm. But uh, being able to smash all the records for independent uh, publication of a comic book and already working on the second one, it's like, dude, that's how you do it. You know, it's not cheap, but he got the, the funding from the people. So that's who he's answering to. And he's, Putting his money where his mouth is, as they say. Right. So he went out to do it. So that's why, to me, I felt that that that's where it still remains. You know, that, that and there is hope for original content and stories. I have something over here, the Expanse. Right now, it's my favorite science fiction uh, story, perhaps of all time. Right now, at the way the way uh, the show has been adapted, uh, only adapted several of the novels. They didn't finish it. It was on the Sci Fi Channel before Amazon picked it up, and then Amazon um, also uh, you know, sunset the show. But um, I picked up all the novels because they just finished the novels this year. 
and uh, I'm excited to continue the story that I didn't get to see finished, but at least I have the soundtrack to listen to while I'm reading it. Uh, and pick up a book, people. That's the best way to do it. Just pick up a book. You don't have to sit in front of a screen the whole time. But the point is that it's a phenomenal story that some people try to describe. Oh, it's Game of Thrones in space. Oh, heck no. Yeah, there's some similarities because these guys are the prodigies of, J of George R.R. R. Martin. The difference is they love their characters and they finish the story. That's not George R.R. R. Martin. He hates his characters and he still hasn't done the follow-up to Winds of Winter or whatever it is. So <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of, uh, of uh, the, the story of I, A Song of Ice and Fire or the Game, the Game of Thrones show was, uh, was all right for what it was. It's just that, of course, it petered off and I, I saw the handwriting on the wall. Like, the right. show's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, but uh, all that being said is that that's why, um, like, uh, for someone that's, that's that's uh, dabbled in so much. And I think uh, yours comes from an inspiration from also a Christian background. Now, mm -hmm. I, I hate identifiers, but if I'm to label myself, I am a Christian that's non-denominational because there's no denomination that I that I can relate to per se mm. that, that encompasses everything I have. So I'm not Pentecostal. I don't subscribe to the Methodist, uh, mm. more evangelical, you could say, um, but it's, I don't subscribe to a denomination um, that's how I was born and raised in, in a church. And then uh, I moved to another church at the, after I asked my pastor, he recommended a place that um, has similar doctrinal uh, teachings to what we were shown. But we had an Espanol. My wife's Taiwanese. She doesn't speak Spanish. So I need someone that spoke English. Then he recommended this one church, considerably bigger than where I was. So I wasn't comfortable with the size, but at least the pastor speaking the truth. And I'm like, here I can be someone that's not mm -hmm. afraid to speak the truth. Not a truth, not my truth, not your truth, the truth. Right. So I'm like, here is where I can stay. That's my litmus test for anywhere. Now, the church uh, apparently describes itself as Pentecostal, even though they don't have anything Pentecostal to it. But apparently the, the denomination would fall under that. But uh, as for myself, I am non-denominational. But with all that, there's been a lot, a lot of talk. And I think this is where we can kind of segue to it. But we talked on the, because uh, I want to squeeze this in. Um, and that's kind mm -hmm. of what it what inspired me to reach out to you and talk to you sooner um, before my hiatus. It is with respects to what's been uh, promoted in the media as uh, Christian nationalism. Mm -hmm. And when depending on who you're speaking to with respects to this, uh, not only did they think of a theocracy being installed, but also uh, the Christians ruling with a, with with an iron scepter, and not mm -hmm. just that, but also, uh, violence towards those that don't obey. So in other words, Iran, but uh, Christian, that's what they're uh, trying to label it. And if anyone hears talk uh, out of context about what you're writing about with Hanover, some can make the, the connections that maybe you are part of that of that movement. But I've heard you <laughs> actually speak against uh, one of the more outspoken individuals because you read his book. And that mm -hmm. is, of course, the, the CEO of Gab, Inc. And that's Andrew Torba, who wrote the, uh, he co-authored a book called uh, American Nationalism, was it? Christian, Christian Nationalism. Nationalism. Okay. Yeah, because then I'm going to bring this up here. Am I trying to share my screen? Right. Because yeah, he wrote this back in... He put it out in September. He put the book, yes, but there's this uh, quote oh, a post. that he wrote. Uh, this Yeah, February 23. Let me know you could see it. Uh, let me uh, just full screen. Yeah, I can see that. All right, but as long as it appears in the display. All right, so February 23rd, 2021, and he wrote... Oh, great. Get the pop-up out of the way. 
unapologetic Christian nationalism is what will save the United States because only Jesus Christ can save America. I have issues with the with that statement, but he pinned it to his profile. So if I go back, he, it wasn't pinned before, but he went back and pinned it because hmm. he he cleaned these up. If I recall, he got baptized around right before. I don't know if it was 2019 or 2020, where uh, I guess he he dedicated uh, dedicated his life to God. Not to say that he probably wasn't a believer per se, but uh, that he did end up getting baptized. And like, oh, this is that's around the time I joined Gaps. I'm like, oh, maybe this is that could be it. And then he posts stuff like this: God's timing, not mine; God's plan, not mine; God's glory, not mine; God's will, not mine. I'll ask you before I chime in with my take on what he wrote here. Unapologetic Christian nationalism will save the United States of, of America because only Jesus Christ can save America. If you haven't seen that, what's your hot take on, on that statement there? Well, I don't really consider it what I'm about to say a hot take because I've already made videos about it. But you can tell if you actually study Andrew Torba's theology that he's been preaching for the better part of a year and a half closer to two years the guy biblically speaking is not a real christian he's mm -hmm. a fake christian and i think i have the screen share turned on yeah uh, let, me, let me put it on the screen here i've got a gigantic playlist of videos on my joshua tv channel exposing all kinds of things about andrew torba related to theology and tech censorship and a whole bunch of stuff but when you just look at his christian nationalism book you can learn a couple of things about him. For one, he preaches a false Jesus because the Jesus of Andrew Torba's imagination commanded Christians to rule over the world with a rod of iron in the Great Commission that's found at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. Problem, of course, as I point out in the video in great detail, is that when you actually go to the Great Commission that's found in the Gospel of Matthew at the end of the book, Jesus never commanded Christians to rule over the world. He said to go to all nations and make disciples in all nations, but making disciples in all nations across the world is not the same thing as ruling over them. So there is no command from Jesus to rule over the world for Christians. And as far as the phrase, you know, ruling over with a rod of iron or an iron scepter, depending upon which translation you're looking at of the scriptures, the passages that Andrew Torba himself appealed to to justify claiming that Christians are supposed to rule over the world with a rod of iron, when you actually study the context of the passages, you find out that the scriptures in those instances are talking about Jesus ruling over the world with a rod of iron, not Christians. Mm -hmm. So the Jesus that Andrew Torba preaches is not the Jesus of the Bible. We know this because, as I demonstrate in this video on screen, he actually puts words into Jesus' mouth that aren't there. And he puts words into the scriptures that aren't there. And then the other thing he did that I, in this book of his that I really exposed was the fact that he preaches a false god and a false gospel. He mm. preaches a false god because at one point in his book, he says that in order, uh, God has a plan to defeat the globalists. But in order for him to carry out his plan, he needs us to be involved. When you read the book of Acts, chapter 17, God says that he doesn't need human beings for anything. <laughs> so the God of the Bible says he doesn't need human beings for anything. We, we need him for everything. He needs us for nothing. 
But Andrew Corbett says that the God of the Bible is so weak that he needs human beings in order to carry out his plan to defeat the globalists. So I know right there that he's preaching a false God. And the reason why I say he preaches a false gospel is because in his book, he says that if you refuse as a Christian to identify yourself as a Christian nationalist, then you are being a disobedient Christian. Hmm. This is exactly like how the Hebrew Roots Movement people will say that unless you follow the Torah law or the Old Testament law, you are not a spiritually mature Christian, i.e. you're a disobedient Christian, Hmm. which is completely false if you study the Bible. You know, we're not commanded to follow any of the Torah laws. The Bible is specific that the Old Testament and the Torah are still useful for learning about sin and morality and just learning about God's character. But there is nothing in the New Testament that says that we have to follow the Old Testament laws. Yeah, and it was even Paul the Apostle that, that confronted Peter because of that. So you cannot hold the Gentiles to the practices of what Jews grew up with. And in Acts chapter 15, the entire Christian leadership met up in Antioch to discuss the entire issue, and they concluded, no, we don't have to make Gentile believers follow the Old Testament law in order for them to be saved, which they were dealing with the first century version of the Hebrew Roots Movement folks who were saying this. Mm -hmm. So for Andrew Torba to say you have to be a Christian nationalist if you are a true Christian, and if you don't, then you're being disobedient to God. That's him preaching a false gospel, just like the people that the apostles were dealing with in the first century. So as far as the whole Christian part of Andrew Torba goes, the dude is not a real Christian. He is a heretic and an unsaved man because saved people do not teach the things that Torba teaches. They don't do the things that Torba does in relation to how he handles the Bible and how he treats the Jews <laughs> on his uh, gab posts, some of which he's gone back and deleted in order to try and save face. But I archived most of them in my Joshua TV videos that aren't on quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the guy is as phony as it gets when it comes to Christianity. But the reason why I supported him for so long from 2017 when I joined Gab to 2020 when he started censoring people I supported him for so long because even though he identified himself as a Christian, he didn't say much about what he actually believed regarding that. And so he was just portraying himself as, yeah, I'm this Christian and I run a social media site, but, you know, uh, I'm just all about free speech and giving everyone a voice to speak, uh, a platform for everyone to speak on. He kept a very simple, vague profile for all those years in order to build Gab up. And then I couldn't help but notice that as soon as Gab got, you know, millions of users and started gaining, you know, like 10 million plus site visits a month, according to the similar web numbers that were coming out back then, that's when the worm turned. And suddenly he started talking about the things he really believes in. And not only did I learn that he's a Christian heretic and an unsaved man who teaches heresy, but he also believes in creating essentially his own versions of all of the globalist tech. So not just creating his own YouTube alternative, not just creating his own Facebook, Twitter alternative, but creating like alternatives to all the tech stuff, including a PayPal alternative with Gab Pay, or as he talked about in some posts, making his own version of the World Economic Forum. Which yeah, apparently- he did mention that. 
which is evil and satanic when the globalists do it. But when I do it, <laughs> when people like me do it, it's good. And it's for the glory of God, which yeah. I can see well, right through that. Well, you know, he, he's is... an absolute authoritarian. And the only thing he doesn't have to carry out his authoritarian desires is the opportunity and the mechanisms to do it. He would trade places with Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk in two seconds if he could. I believe it. And here, here's my take on, on his quote. Because I'll read it again. Unapologetic Christian nationalism is what will save the United States of America because only Jesus Christ can save America. As I take it, and the way he wrote it, is that Christian nationalism is Jesus Christ. I, um, Well, first off, I, I, I can't agree with the statement that he's, that he's making other than, yes, only Jesus saves. Yes, hmm. but what he's conflating here is that whole movement is Christ Jesus, which is why they keep saying, uh, and it's true, but I'm starting to think of they're saying a little differently. Uh, Jesus is king or Christ is Lord. Or, but mostly to say Jesus is king. And this is mm -hmm. for those of you watching or listening that are probably not as learned as perhaps uh, Justin and I are in the word, doers of the word, studies of the word, and in this case, even apologetics of the word, we might start uh, speaking on terms that uh, you might not be familiar with if you're not all into the doctrinal things. I'm not into the, the doctrinal stuff, but there's some discussions that um, there's some terminology that's not commonly used when there's those that are not exposed to the word as probably we have or studies, uh, students of the word. My issue with, uh, I guess, Christian nationalism and the way it's being portrayed right now, and uh, Andrew Torah being one of those those voices, the majority of my dad's side of the family are Jehovah's Witnesses, and I've caught on to the their tactic on how they're able to um, basically put the hooks of doubt in you on your own belief and then drag you over to theirs. Knowing that the entire thing of theirs is based on a lie. And mm -hmm. they basically have Christ as king. I don't know how much you know about Jehovah's Witnesses, but to them, Jesus has been reigning since World War I. And they quietly sunsetted that discussion. But when you pull open anything of their, of their Watchtower magazine or their Awake magazine or any of the literature that they do, that all mm -hmm. stems from one central government located in Brooklyn. And it's called the Voice of Jehovah, run by 12 mm -hmm. seniors or, or these members that nobody's ever seen or knows. They're the ones that dictate everything. That's why every global uh, kingdom hall speaks the same thing, says the same thing, teaches the same thing like a hive mind. Mm -hmm. They all say the same thing, that King Jesus reigning since whatever, whatever. Like So you are, you're still practicing prophecies, even though the prophecies that you uh, have said never came to pass. I thought the voice of Jehovah could never be wrong. But that's how they expound. That's the first thing that jumped out at me when I heard Kanye talk. Whenever he was speaking and he was saying, Jesus is king. Like, wait, why do you have to juxtapose or punctuate everything you're saying with that phrase? Where have I heard that before? Very prominently, every single news item posted by Andrew Torba, who was mm -hmm. very loudly preaching uh, Christian nationalism. I don't tune into Nicholas Fuentes. I'm familiar with Nick Fuentes. And I, it uh, always sounds hilarious to hear that he's the white supremacist considering that you have a, a Hispanic sounding last name, dude, whatever. But the point is that uh, I've heard it even uh, said from him. And I'm like, dude, what is this? And as I looked into a little more, it, I think that's what bothered me about the whole conversation if, or just whatever that Kanye was saying because of 
I immediately assumed he was going to be propped up by some of the leadership over at Gap, and he was. He was mm-hmm. mentioned as a prophet? It, instantly mentioned as a prophet. Like, Torba had that. Torba had that article up like literally right after the interview happened. Yeah, and here's here's the thing that strikes me. What, weren't almost everyone, where you can find all anything about Balenciaga or Balenciaga or how the Satanists and all this uh, luxury stuff that they're the, 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 the uh, you know, preying on the young and you know, just, just pushing all satanic stuff and the panda bear eyes. You can find all that stuff and being because they're, they're, they're archiving it for a historical record that Balenciaga and anything else and any other globalist, this is disgusting. This is what they do. They prey on our children. They're throwing that in your faces unapologetically uh, pedophiles and look at all the art that they're pushing. But didn't Kanye defend Balenciaga after the interview on Twitter before it was taken down? It's like, dude, did Hold on. This is the guy you're putting as a prophet. And then he defends Balenciaga. It's like, what the hell? And then, and then as I documented, he shared a picture of the official symbol for the rail movement, the railism movement, which is the UFO cult religion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because prophets of God promote UFO cult religions. Yeah, exactly. So that's it to me. Like, look, Kanye, yes, I'm dead naming him, whatever. Yes, he. Uh, he has issues. He has issues. But is it still uh-huh. the? Is it bipolar? Is it the thing he had six years ago, or is it someone? Um, oh my goodness, the exile lioness. I forget her. She's a conservative Muslim that has a, a, a YouTube channel. Uh, mm-hmm. She pointed out how much is it? How much of this damage is from the Kardashians? Because every guy that goes in doesn't come out the same. It's like that's a good, good point that you make there. But yeah, I, the, the, I saw that too. <laughs> so I'm, you're familiar who I'm talking about? Oh, Mirna, I think her name. Is, I forget. But. Uh, the the thing that that really uh, jumps out at me um, with all this is I've never ever seen. It's one thing to talk about it, and this is going back to something you mentioned earlier. Bitch, you censoring anything about uh, Nazis and Hitler? There's stuff that's that's discussed for historical context, for archival, or even criticism mm-hmm. today. I, I get it, but the the praise of it, like I, I there's this fringe that do, and. I can't, I can't stand for it. That's what's bothered me. And I, I'm okay with that there's people that, that can have their freedom of speech, not freedom to cause harm. But what I haven't liked is how there's a, there's a quick reaction to defend Nazi and Hitler apologetics versus attacking Jews all together as a group of people, whether it's ethnicity, religious, cultural, whatever, attacking them all, lumping them all. It's like they see them as the great Satan. And I think that's where this is coming off as a, the, I don't know if it was the, the Roman Catholic uh, uh, branch of things where like some the, the majority anti-Semitism comes from, where they blame the Jews for the killing of Jesus. And they rose up back in the day to, uh, to, to persecute uh, Jews and for historical record, it was the Sanhedrin that first persecuted those identifying as Christians. So technically they started it, but the point is that that's, that's stemming of, uh, of, I guess the antagonistic uh, ideology stems from all the way back then and blaming the Jews for the killing of Christ. Like, but you're still worshiping a Jew technically, but whatever the point is that I have not liked that, uh, that contrast. That has that has transpired because after Kanye said his thing and others on Gap kind of like coming to Kanye's defense, he spoke the truth, trying to exercise the demons of, of the world. It's like, what? 
are what what are we looking at here, man? Yeah, what well, do you see going on? Yeah, I, I do have some thoughts on that. Um part of what Kanye West actually said is true, particularly the part about how the Nazis invented all these great technologies that we still utilize and use to this day. I mean, that part is true. It's something my dad and I have talked about many times over the years when he's explaining why people were so willing to go along with him at first is because in 20 years, he brought Germany from rags to riches. I mean, they went from being a dumpster fire after World War One to being a world power within 20 years. And that's something that's absolutely amazing. And he was and Time Magazine's that, person of the year. Yeah, and Hitler was able to do it by doing things the Nazi way and people bought in and it was great. And so that part of what Kanye said was true, but he was way too willing to gloss over what happened after that. You know, all the totalitarian dictatorship, authoritarian stuff that Hitler and the Nazis started doing. So I think all the bad stuff they did kind of negates all the good things they did in terms of the things they made and provided for themselves in the world prior to that. And that's the part I think that upsets people is that he was willing to give them credit where credit was due, but he was willing to gloss over all the evil that they did and willing to gloss over all the evil that Hitler did. So I think part of what he said is true, but the part he ignored is the part that is problematic. And plus, optically, it doesn't look good for him because he said it in a way that people can just clip out sound bites, sound bites to make it seem like he endorsed everything Hitler ever said or did. And that's kind of what Kim.com was saying on Twitter. It's like, dude, your career is over because you're just going to take those little clips out as sound bites, and basically you won't be able to do anything productive career-wise ever again. But I think, too, though, even his comments about Hitler being having good qualities and we shouldn't, you know, hate on Nazis like we do, I think part of that is grounded in the whole realism movement thing because that UFO cult religion teaches mm -hmm. values like unity and love and nonviolence and it's all about humanity coming together before the great aliens come back in 2035 to basically see us in person <laughs> so uh, i think the <laughs> stuff he was saying actually lines up with that realism religion and the post that got him banned from twitter far more than it does him being uh, sympathetic to nazis because he finds the ideology appealing or you know whatever yeah, and uh, the, now that part, um, it's, it's because of where it stems from. And Christianity is the only, uh, I, I, and I hate saying religion, but it's the only belief where we're told to uh, love, love our neighbor, love our enemies, you know, forgive those that wronged us. Uh, that That's the only one. Everyone else, basically, eye for an eye kind of thing. Like, oh, but so the Christianity, not until Christ came along and put things into perspective. Mm -hmm. So I do understand in the whole approach and saying, hey, as bad as a human can be, even if it comes to Hitler, even a Hitler can be saved. Was Hitler safe? No, absolutely not. He wasn't, especially when he blew his brains out. So no, there was no redeeming qualities for Hitler. There are no redeeming qualities for Mao Zedong. There are no redeeming qualities for the Stalins of the world and every other dictator that has come before him. There are no redeeming qualities. My gripe, and I tried to find it, but I couldn't right here because it's buried under the, the Twitter feed. Um, Gavin McGinnis recently had uh, Fuentes and, uh, and and Kanye on his program. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see this? Mm -hmm. And no. there was a clip going around because they clipped out this part. Gavin was trying to give Kanye an out here. You know, blacks are overrepresented in violent crime. 
But when you meet an individual black person, you don't apply that. You start with a fresh slate every time you meet someone. Do you do that with Jews? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this intervention isn't going very well. <laughs> That's my issue, that the entire uh -huh. message that Tanya was trying to put out there, and I saw all three hours of the interview. I even went back to rewatch some of the parts. Like, did I hear him correctly? Because it was just so mind-boggling. The, everything that was being said and for alex jones to be like a leaf in the wind like what is happening here that's what that's what donna palmy is like you're talking about loving on your enemies that you defend balenciaga after the interview you were praising hitler and you were defending nazis but you did not afford the same thing to an entire category of people mm -hmm. that i cannot i i cannot overlook so that was immediately conflated to say all christianity it's like and angie torba uh, is promoting kanye as a prophet of his christian nationalism movement because about a year and a half ago andrew torba falsely claimed and now deleted gab posts that jesus taught that all the jews are the synagogue of satan and i went back and i actually looked at the scriptures where he got that passage from because he quoted a jesus passage from john 8 to justify this and what you discover is that the people jesus was talking to were not jews in general but they were jews who specifically claimed to uh, be followers of jesus but inwardly they really weren't and so jesus called those people children of the devil and that's the passage that Torba goes to to claim that Jesus was claiming that the Jews in general were children of the devil. But yeah, he uh, Torba is on board with Kanye as far as demonizing all Jews because of that teaching of his that he has and apparently is too embarrassed to leave up on his Gab account, so he decided to delete it. <laughs> yeah, but, and yeah. If, if you're not anti-Semitic, why do you got to keep going out of your way to say you're not anti-Semitic? Is it because everything you are saying and the way you behave come across as anti-Semitic? So like, and hey, that's yeah. what bothers me. And the truth about Jews is similar to the truth about black people. There are authoritarian Jewish groups and evil Jewish individuals running around in the world doing all the horrible things they do, especially the authoritarian Jewish groups, because they're basically in bed with the globalists doing what the globalists want. But then there are plenty of Jews who are not twisted, sick individuals. There are plenty of Jews who are not on board with all of that censorship stuff that authoritarian Jewish groups are on board with. So no, you can't so that, just look at a Jew in general and say, oh, they're like that evil one over there, that evil yeah, group of Jews over just, there. Just like I don't assume every white person is a racist. Why? Just right. because they're white, I have to assume that they're racist, that they're born with white privilege? I asked my white, my white friends, where's your privilege? I, I, I'm better off than you. I thought you had something to tap into instead of me having to work so hard to get to where I am. Right. And then there's me on the low end of the economic totem pole working what is considered like a low end job, even though it really isn't. And uh, all that stuff, all that, all that privilege I don't have. Yeah. Well, where's my white privilege, man? You <laughs> or, is my, tap into, man. or is my cut or is my cousins used to say, you know, where, where's my check for the month for being white? <laughs> I know, and I'm looking to see well, where where do I sign up for like any reparations to Hispanics here in California because apparently they they plan to give reparations to the uh, to slaves. Like, well, we don't have slaves technically speaking, unless you're slaves to debt. That's a different story. But anyway, uh, there's two points because I know you gotta get going soon, and um, I wanna yeah. I wanna hit on this because it's kind of building off on the other things. It's, it has more to do with eschatology, I guess, and I I don't like dabbling in it publicly. Because, well, that is the that is the source of many a disbelief because like, the Lord revealed to me that 
you know, he's going to come on this day on this time. So let's be ready for him. And cults start because of all this stuff. Mm. There's, there's been a lot of that crap over the past few uh, decades, mostly because of the whole, it's end times because of, you know, the rumors of war and the wars and whatever that are happening. This kind of ties into also what's been going on with the whole Christian nationalism thing and how you have been highlighting that. It's not just Andrew Torba. And this is, and for me, I want to make very clear I am not trying to knock Andrew Torba. I am criticizing things that he's been posting and I've criticized it on Gap. So it's not like I'm just here to do it here. I'm, what I'm trying to highlight though is now he has an influence over millions of people through his platform. Mm -hmm. That is mm -hmm. very different than, say, Andres, who has several thousands. Someone that is seen as perhaps a leader of this movement from, or at least that's that faction. It is, uh, this is one of those situations where you have to punch up to, to like, hey, we we need to address this because to me, there's been a lot of headline news that I haven't been able to touch on, and I could have, I could have railed and put my thoughts in Twitter or whatever or anywhere as I wanted. Mm -hmm. I could have done that on Gab, where it's the for me, it's the most fun place to put especially if you stir the hornet's nest. Mm. None of that mattered to me because this was the most important thing for me th that I know I needed to settle on because we know that we're not at war with blood and flesh. But we're, we're Ephesians 6, as it tells us, exactly who we should be afraid of. That's what we got to put on the armor of God. And when we're looking at the, uh, the landscape of the world, and particularly the United States, as we battle for the, the, the soul and spirit of what's left here, you know the misinterpretation or outright misrepresentation of the word is what's bothersome to me. Because Andrew Torba said about 100 years ago or whatever, the Zionists hijacked eschatology to make it a pro-Israel supporting thing. So now all the mainstream Christianity is in, is in league with, the, with, with Israel to, so they can sponsor and support the, the independent state of, of Israel that has every right to exist, by the way, out there. Like, dude, you sound like the Jehovah's Witnesses who came up right. with this brand new idea that only since, 19, since 1887, when they were the, the 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 students of whoever they were called before the rebrandings to be Jehovah's Witnesses, to and with Judge Rutherford and to have all these different things and, and ideologies that didn't exist for centuries, mm -hmm. but they finally got the truth, and it isn't until 2020 when Andrew Torba finally exercises his uh, beliefs or whatever that he highlights this new idea uh, yeah. to me it sounds new because it's the first time i hear about it but right i'll toss it to you yeah i was just gonna say yeah it's just funny seeing him do all this stuff because it's just so blatantly false like if this because one of the things torba has done in the last couple of years is he's always telling people read your bible read your bible you know like you want to be a warrior for god you got to read your bible but then when you look at what he teaches and you compare it to that Bible he keeps telling you to read, you find that he contradicts the Bible in all kinds of ways. I mean, I, I have it's been rare an occasion where I could look at an Andrew Torba teaching and compare it to what the Bible says and find that the two actually agree. That's a very rare occasion for me. I mean, he's the worst Christian apologist slash teacher I have ever seen, and yet he has 
millions of people following him. And that's millions of people he's potentially damning to being thrown into the lake of fire at the Great White Throne Judgment. And that disturbs me more than anything. I mean, the tech censorship is bad. The lies and hypocrisy he's displayed is bad. All the other bad stuff he's done is bad. It's including the whole build my own version of the Matrix, Metaverse, build my own World Economic Forum. All of that stuff pales in comparison to this whole Christian nationalism and post-millennialism theology that he teaches, Ultimate, which is yeah, at the heart the of this thing. Yeah, this idea that, oh, yeah, Christians are going to rule over the world and there's going to be a thousand years of peace on the earth. And Jesus is going to rule over the world, but not literally like Revelation 20 says that he is, but he's going to rule through us. And so it's really Christians ruling over the world. And I think hence that where that expression that he says that uh, Christian Bible supports none of it. And when you uh, he's also said publicly that if you believe what the Bible says about end times, that you're basically just this coward and you're just this little loser who's going to sit back and let the globalists do whatever they want to you. If you believe what the Bible says <laughs> in, in now in truth, we're it's like we know how the story ends. Yes. For those of us that know, but we also, like at least in my case, um, hey, I'm gonna do my part. I, I love that the, uh, that quote uh, from from the movie Glory. I don't know if you've seen it, the one with Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman, uh, Matthew uh, Broderick. This is about civil war with the first first black veteran. Well, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, as before they go to battle where they know almost all of them will die, uh, they're having um, a uh, a worship session and, uh, and a prayer service to, to God. And Morgan Freeman's character says, "Lord, if it's our time tomorrow, we want to. We want the world to know that we went down standing up." It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like you know, it's if it, if doom awaits, but we know what's around the corner. That's why it's like, look to the skies, folks. Because uh, at least to me, like what I tell my friends, like you know, I know we're we we carry a burden for our children that are are, are witnessing this, like the things play out. But to me, like man, the the apostles, how how badly do you think they wanted to see this? They they only spoke about these things, and we might be able to see it in our lifetime. I don't know when. I just know that I'd rather be the watchman on the wall instead of the one asleep. So mm -hmm. I'm keeping my I put some oil on my lamp, keep it burning. You know that's 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 where that's where I'm at with all that. So yes, I will push back wherever I can against the iniquities. I will. Um, I will hold our side accountable to when they're falsely teaching. I'm I think they'll put it. Huh? I was just going to say the last thing I wanted to say before I get out of here uh, is that the thing that Torba's false teachings regarding end times is doing also is just like the QAnon movement, it is giving people a false hope. It's giving them the mm -hmm. false hope that they can defeat the globalists or the globalists will just destroy themselves and we'll just magically slide on in their place after that's done with our own just technology and we'll we'll take over the Institute. And yeah, and there was even a gab post a while ago where Torba literally said, trust the plan. I <laughs> so hate that expression. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Torba is very much like the QAnon people in that he's giving us a false hope that we can beat the globalists. Any idiot who studies their Bible knows that the Bible says the globalists are going to win. They're going to have their day and their rule over the planet, but only for a short time. And then Jesus himself and his army of angels will come. They'll destroy the whole lot of them and establish Christ's kingdom on earth where he will rule over the planet along with his followers 
for a thousand years of peace. And then the last battle happens. Great white throne judgment happens. And then it's eternity after that. That's what the Bible teaches. And Torba is giving people a false hope that contradicts that. Absolutely. And I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. The the last thing I'll, I'll toss into this because of where it all stems from, for anybody that studies or has even bothered to read uh, the Quran and the uh, adjacent books to that. A lot of what Tor, uh, Christian nationalism, I, I guess, uh, if we're going to term that, 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 that blame um, Jews and look at it, the great Satan or whatever, it, it almost lines up exactly with the Mahdi that they're, that the Islam's preach with like, wait, Jesus is going to show up on a horse and say, look, look, tell that tree. And uh, the, the trees and the stones would say, look, there's a Jew hiding behind me. And Jesus would say, go there. There they are. Go, go take care of business. But that's it. It's screams like, oh, so you're you you actually got hijacked by um, Islamic end time prophecy. That's what it screams like to me, it, and it it is mm-hmm. bothersome. And I have seen people years ago who claim that Andrew Torba was a closet Muslim because I guess <laughs> uh, Gab in its early days was hosted on some, uh, I guess, hosting sites in Islamic countries, and a lot Absolutely. of the people who were supporting Gab early on were from those countries. Wow. So it's kind of weird that that happened years ago, and now here we are today, and Andrew Torpa is preaching an end times theology that lines up with the Islamic version of end times theology. <laughs> well, that opens the door to a lot of other questions, and it will also explain certain behavior. I'm not going to get into, but I think that's uh, that. I think that's a good place to leave it. Hey, Justin, where can people follow you and learn more about you? I know you're across a ton of places, but uh, what are the principal places people can follow you at? Well, you can find me on Gab because I am still there. Been there since 2017. Uh, you can find me on Getter where I have the handle TTOR underscore 13, I believe it is. But if you just type in TTOR, you should be able to find me. Yeah. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't really invest much into it because the new management's no different than the old management. And while I am on a slew of video sharing sites, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, the best place to find me as far as videos would be quarter.tv and just type in TTOR in the find channel page and you'll find me. All right. Great. Justin, thank you very much for being on the Andrew Segura show. Who knows? We might talk again about similar subjects as, uh, as things get a little more interesting in this sphere. Very much so. It's a definite possibility. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being on. Don't hang up yet. Uh, but mm. for the rest of you, thank you very much. If you didn't get the entire episode, it's all available on the on the podcast streamers, but you can also get everything, including the links to Justin's stuff, will be available on the show notes to complete this episode at www.themesgobo.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and I'll see you on the next one.